Hey, Robert Nauer, CPCM, CPPO, and what I thought was going to be my last and final contracting podcast, uh, which was episode number 12, I'm actually going to do one more because I was sitting around thinking about all the crazy, stupid things that ever happened in my life in contracting while working for the federal government. And I thought of this one about an interview that I had for a GS-15 job at HUD in 2007 with a panel of five black SES um, panel members. And what I thought was so unusual about it was just the uh, racial makeup of the HUD selection panel, and HUD in general. Now, I spent 32 years of my federal career in contracting in a lot of different federal agencies, Department of Defense, many agencies in the Department of Defense, Navy, ESGR, uh, DCMA, DLA, and then I moved on to... uh, Let's see. I went to the uh, Treasury first, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. From the Bureau of Engraving and Printing Treasury, I went to the Department of Labor. And then I went to ESGR, a subset of the U.S. Army uh, Reserves. And finally, I went back to the Department of Transportation, working for an old supervisor of mine. And it was then that I had the interview with HUD that made me decide I needed to just retire and get the hell out and start my own company. And here's how the interview went. So I had put in for a couple of job promotions as GS-15. I was a GS-14 at the time. And I got a call back to come interview uh, because Barbara... Uh, Virginia Ahern was her name. Virginia Ahern was the director of training for HUD. And uh, she had told me that a 15 position was coming open at HUD. And she said, I hope you'll be interested in applying for it. So I did. And at the time in 2007, there weren't many GS-15 job openings coming available. So I sort of jumped at it. I filled out my paperwork took the time to do all the necessary knowledge, skill, and ability, KSA factors. And about three weeks later, I get a call from HUD uh, to come over and do a face-to-face job panel interview with a source uh, selection panel. And so, okay, I was semi-excited to get the chance to interview for a job promotion as a GS-15. So I went there, and I was all dressed up in my suit and tie, which a good person normally does. I knew that the director of procurement was a retired army colonel in acquisition and a a lawyer. And he was the only white individual working in HUD at the time in Washington, D.C., uh, the selection panel, when I entered the room on, I think it was the third or fourth floor, uh, consisted of five 
senior executive service members who were all black Americans, black African Americans. And and then sitting over in the corner was the HCA, the head of contract activity for HUD, which was the white army colonel. So other than him, I was the only white person in the room, and it was a large room, about 40 feet by 40 feet by 20 feet or more. It was a large room. And all the black SES members were sitting behind a big, long table. And, um, you know, they went to standard introductions, blah, blah, blah. Nice to have you here. Glad you could interview for this. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about yourself before we start asking our questions? And I said, no, let's get right down to it. So each of the panel members introduced themselves to me and explained what their position was at HUD and who they were. Not that it really mattered, but the only one that stood out like a sore thumb was actually turned out to be the sister of the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, and her name was Barbara Thomas, or as she referred to herself, Baba Thomas. So when she got to me, all the other ones asked some fairly routine questions, nothing complex, and they, for the most part, they were all impressed with my responses until Barbara Thomas got the chance to ask me a question, uh, several questions. And she phrased them to me like this. Now, up until Barbara Thomas asked me her stupid questions, I had no preconceived notions about HUD, although I did know HUD was predominantly black and needed a lot of help in procurement because, well, they have a niche that they do in procurement uh, for their housing and maintenance. But, and their systems weren't all that good. And HUD is always considered to be kind of a stepping child of all the federal agencies it's always like one of the last ones to get money from the Congress. It never seems to have current uh, IT systems. Its software is lacking. And there's just a lot of problems with HUD. HUD has always notoriously had a lot of problems. And I actually taught as a consultant contracting courses for a lot of different HUD activities on contract for HUD via Virginia Ahern, who had hired me and my company, the Acquisition Institute, Inc. So anyway, so here we go. And this is kind of how the conversation went. Hello, Mr. Na. It's so nice, nice to have you here to uh, interview with the panel. Uh, as you know, my name is Bamba Thomas, and uh, I have several questions that I'd like to ask you. And I'm thinking to myself, as she's going through this, I'm going, man, this is really very guttural black, kind of. This woman is supposed to be Clarence Thomas's sister. And I'm thinking to myself, she can barely speak English. So she says to me, this is, this is my first question for you, Mr. Now. She didn't call me Mr. Nower, even though I pronounced it to every member. Robert Nauer, and they all knew I was a certified professional contracts manager and certified professional uh, public procurement officer, blah, 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 Dowia Level 3. 
they all knew my background. And she said, my first question for you is as follows. Uh, first question is, Mr. Now, as you know, we have a major acquisition issue throughout the United States agencies. And as such, uh, acquisition has all kinds of problems. And in the acquisition field, there's so many, many acquisition problems. Um, and the training is a big issue with the acquisition workforce. So explain to the group here how you take the acquisition issues that exist and make the whole acquisition set of problems go away. Because, again, you know, acquisition is a very difficult field. And just tell the panel here how you're going to make the acquisition uh, situation better. Pause. So I sat there with kind of a blank stare on my face, thinking about this inane question that didn't even make any sense at all. And I was thinking to myself, how in the hell am I going to respond to this stupid question that this woman named Barbara Thomas, who called herself Baba Thomas, couldn't even enunciate? And my response to her not only shocked her, uh, although I don't think at first she really understood that I was being derogatory. And I looked off to my left to where the colonel was sitting uh, in his chair behind his desk, looking at me and my answer. And I said as follows. Um, I'm sorry, but I didn't understand a fucking thing you just said. Would you mind repeating the question so I can understand it? Dead silence. Looks of shock. The colonel, his eyes got like double the size, and and I and I knew my response was rude and inane and kind of well, I wouldn't call it inane. It was pretty direct. And they were, I, I guess I've never seen five black SESs sit with their mouths hanging open, not even knowing how to respond to my question back to them, that I didn't understand the goddamn thing that they had said, she had said. And uh, she was so flustered, Barbara Thomas was, she said, well, let, 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 let me try to rephrase the, the question uh, so it maybe you could be better understand it. I didn't think I would still better understand it. But, so she said, the acquisition workforce has all kinds of issues. And could you please tell us how you think you could best resolve the acquisition workforce issues? And I said, oh, well, now that you say it that way... <laughs> Uh, here's how I do it. And so I went on to explain. And I actually took the time to explain it. Well, she was the last um, one to ask me questions. And so I finished answering the question. And I thought to myself, well, this would be working with a bunch of fucking idiots. So I don't think I really want to work at Hood, I'm thinking to myself. 
So I kind of just blew it all off. And I said, well, if that's it, uh, and you have no further questions for me, we'll just call it a day and I'll leave. So I got up and started to leave. And the colonel got, jumped up and he said, thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. And um, I, w- I walked out, started walking down the hallway to the elevator at HUD. And I was going to go down to the cafeteria. And all of a sudden, coming bursting out of the room is the um, director of contracts, the the white colonel. And he goes, Bob, he goes, you are exactly what we need here at HUD. God, he goes, if I offer you the job, will you take it? And I was stunned, absolutely stunned. Because <laughs> not only did I think, well, I kind of blew them all off and said, basically, y'all are a bunch of fucking idiots. But I walked out on the interview and went down and uh, and to have this director of procurement come running after me saying he wants to offer me the job, uh, I was kind of nonplussed. And I thought to myself, and I my response to him was, eh, sure, probably, whatever. That was pretty much my noncommittal <laughs> response to the guy. And, and yet, in my mind, I knew I would never, ever work for such a crazy organization as HUD. So I walked across the street before Department of Transportation had moved its new headquarters down by the uh, Naval Yard. And I w- went back upstairs in DOT to see my old boss. And he goes, well, how'd your interview go? And I said, well, you're never going to believe it. I said, I'm not going to take the job. And he goes, why not? And he goes, Did they, are they going to offer you the job? And I said, yeah, they're going to offer me the job, but I'm not going to take it. I'm going to go ahead and retire. And he goes, why? And I said, you know, Tom, I said, um, I didn't feel too bad about HUD up <laughs> up until I had this interview. But now that I've seen the kind of people <laughs> that HUD promotes to SES, I said, I wouldn't feel comfortable working for such a bunch of fucking idiots. And he just chuckled. He said, well, I could have told you that, Bob, but I just wanted you to go over and do the interview anyway. <laughs> and I said, oh, what an eye-opener. What an eye-opener. So anyway, the point is to make here, and it's not so much racial as directed at Barbara Thomas, because that woman really needs to learn how to speak English. <laughs> but to think that a sister of a Supreme Court justice could be that ignorant, that lame, and she's probably retired by now, but man, she was terrible. And um, it really kind of was the icing on the cake that made me realize, you know, job promotions, they're hard enough to come by, but not every job promotion is really worth it. And as I thought about that, I said, man, I've worked in some very difficult contracting situations for agencies before under very stressful situations. But the one thing that I, as a professor of contracts, as a very learned individual in contracts, who has done everything from mortuary services all the way to the joint strike fighter, 
and simulator systems and cast systems and tanks to work with a bunch of fucking morons as existed HUD. That would have just been so beneath me. And there's just some things that I can't tolerate. And one of the things that always bothered me in federal contracting was the level of mediocrity that exists in some federal agencies. Not all. Department of Defense doesn't have a lot of mediocrity or mediocre contracting people. But there are certain federal agencies in Washington, D.C. that are so mediocre, they should really be just dispensed with. They're that bad. Uh, and if I was sitting down personally talking to some people about careers and where not to go, <laughs> well, HUD would be one of those federal agencies that you would never want to work for. Because once you do, <laughs> you're going to be pigeonholed there. So anyway, that is in fact my final episode in this contracting podcast series. And that will be episode 13. And I guess that ending it as episode 13 is kind of apropos. My next set of podcasts is going to be probably about things in life in general that I've seen that just aren't quite right. And the next series, series two, will be dealing with politics and some of the ups and downs and the fact that Americans just can't seem to come eye to eye and talk um, to each other in a rational format and how it's affecting our country, things like that. So, Stay tuned. Uh, Bob out. <laughs>